Welcome to One Interview, One World. This is Lainey Kay, and this is a show about interviewing people from all walks of life because everyone has a story to share and we can all learn from each other. I hope you enjoy listening. Today I'm with Dr. Lara Romero. She holds a bachelor's degree in human services and a doctorate in metaphysics. She is an author, medium, intuitive energy healer, and is passionate about helping women live life on their terms. She strives every day to be an inspiration to humanity by providing new perspectives, emotional and physical healing. You can find her at her website, drlararomero.com. She also has a YouTube channel, and you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. If you don't face your fears, you end up, you know, not living an express life. You end up uh, continuing to do the same destructive patterns over and over again. And when you face your fear and you get through it, it gives you a sense of empowerment. And you realize it's like, oh, I can do anything. And it just, it propels you forward. Dr. Lara, thank you so much for being here today. I would love to know what exactly it is that you do and have you explain it to us today. (laughs) Exactly what I do. Well, I'm an energy healer. Mm -hmm. And um, the way I do it, I work with angels. And I work with different energies, like the Palladian energy and the Syrian energy. And just recently, uh, another energy has come in to help me, but I'm not clear on what it is yet. So basically what I do, uh, I help people clear their DNA emotional strands from strands from their ancestors because uh, emotions get carried down from generation to generation. And a lot of the times we uh, have these fears or these beliefs that don't make sense. And so what I can do with these energies, we go in and we clear those beliefs and those emotions from those tragedies that happen. And then we bring in new frequencies that help them get back onto their soul's path. So uh, the way I got started, gosh, it was probably when I was 18 or 19 and I was brought up Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything that had to do with healing was not something that, uh, was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just remember being kind of lost and I was coming home and I remember having a conversation with the universe, with God. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really know why I'm here and I really don't want to be here. So, and I was really tired. Like it was like 11 o'clock at night. My boyfriend. How old were you? 18, 19. Yeah. Um, And my boyfriend worked in Huntington Beach and I lived like 40 minutes away. And so I was driving home. I was really tired. And I just said, I don't want to be here anymore. And if there's a purpose for me being here, let me know. And I thought to myself, if I fall asleep at the wheel and I don't make it, I'm good. And that's where I was. And that was the last thought I had. There was a semi-truck to my right, and I was in the fast lane coming down the 405. And that was the last thought I had. And my car veered over four lanes of traffic. And I woke up with my car, you know, being bumpy. And I was out of a panic. I thought my foot was on the brake, but it was on the gas pedal. And I moved forward, went back on four lanes of traffic towards the center divider. And then finally, my car stopped and stalled facing traffic. And (laughs) then I moved over to the side of the road. I'm like, okay, that is my sign. I know I'm here for a reason. And so since then... Um, so nothing happened to you. It was just super scary. Nothing happened. I got out of my car and looked to see if, you know, flat tires, if I hit anything, nothing. And I drove probably about 25 miles home and I woke up the next morning. I was still living at home at the time. And my dad said, what happened to your car? And I go, what are you talking about? And I get up and the right tire was completely flat. It was slashed and my uh, light was bashed in. But I don't remember hitting anything, and I made it home the 20 miles, the 25 miles on my car. 
I think I would have known if my tire was flat, right? Wow. So, yeah. So talk about divine intervention. I was not driving that car. There is no way that I would know what to do in all of that panic. So since then, I've realized that I've had a purpose. Um, So I went to school and I got my doctorate in metaphysics. And through all of that and my own personal journey, I've had kind of a tough journey growing up and uh, sought help. And I went to therapy and it was like, okay, I understand this, but it really didn't shift anything for me. It just gave me understanding, but it didn't take away. Yeah, just normal therapy of discussing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. like theory, you know, yeah. it helped me understand it, but it didn't take away the anxiety or, mm-hmm. you know, the confusion that I still had. Mm-hmm. This is your childhood? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a tough childhood. We can get into that in a minute. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. And so I just intuitively, I just got, I just thought there has to be mm-hmm. something different, something that can really help me. And through the study of metaphysics, which is a study of energy, I just, I got introduced to all these energy workers, someone that did breath work, then chakra work and kinesiology and um, just stuff that blew my mind and I experienced it myself. So I experienced coming from a certain place of repeating patterns of relationships and jobs and, you know, lack of abundance and then went through uh, my own healing process within three years and my life completely changed. So I was like, hmm, I got to learn how to do this. And it wasn't something that I went to school for. Yeah, I have my doctorate in metaphysics, but that's all theory once again. But it was being open to wanting more for myself and to be open to the energy. So, uh, and I just, I set the intention. I wanted, I want to help people. I want to help shift them on a, a deep level so they can have lasting change. So I was walking around the park. I live uh, near Laguna Niguel Park. It's a three-mile lake. And I would walk around the lake with my friends, and we would just talk. We would just talk and have a conversation, and they would tell me their their challenges, and I would just talk to them, and they would come back to me a couple of weeks later, and like, you cannot believe what happened in my life. Hmm. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I never really thought about it. And uh, I had a, a session with a shaman. And she asked me, she goes, do you know what you do? And I'm like, no, can you tell me, please? Because I know it's something. I just don't know what it is. And she said that with the energy that I work with, I'm able to break people open out of their shell and to help release the the fears and the doubts and the uh, misconception, the perceptions that they have that aren't in alignment with their soul. And I help people get back on their soul's path. So that's how I figured out what I did. Okay. I have a, uh, quite a few questions that came up. So when you were young, were you very like intuitive and had felt like you kind of had like special, a specialness about you or you could read people or? When I, well, I didn't have that because I was very indoctrined in the Catholic uh, church. Catholic church. Um, by the time I was nine, I had a shift. I, <laughs> I realized I was going to hell. By the time I was nine, because of all of the the guilt oh, yes. and everything, know. you know, so I was yeah. like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I was just, I figured, well, I've already messed up, so I might as well <laughs> do whatever I need to do. But I remember sitting in the backyard when I was nine and I was looking at the trees and listening to the birds and all of that. And I remember thinking there has to be more to life than what we see. There has to be more to life than going to school, getting a job, getting married, having kids and dying. Like it just, and I knew that at nine, but I would say that's probably the only thing that I knew when I was nine. Mm-hmm. I didn't read people mm-hmm. or anything like that. But uh, as I got older, about 17 or 18, I began to see through the veil of illusion that we're in today, the, the illusion of politics the illusion of the pharmaceuticals and how we are being manipulated. And I never followed any of that. I always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. So I think it was a very strong intuitive sense that I've had where I 
could see past all of the things being presented to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You went to regular school, like mm-hmm. about a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. and and then what did you? What happened after that? That made you decide? Were you seeking different modalities and learning about different like alternative? modalities before you became the metaphysics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to Cal State Fullerton and got my bachelor's in human services because I knew I wanted to counsel. So that much I got clear. Like after I had my uh, accident, um, I was like, okay, I got clear. I want to counsel people. So I went through the whole degree and I'm sitting here going, there has to be something more. Mm -hmm. Still. Still, there Mm -hmm. had to be something more. And uh I was at a unity church and it's not Unitarian. That's different. Unity is new thought church. And I was standing in line waiting for, uh, my turn to talk to the minister. And there was this, um, magazine and it took a long time to talk to the minister. I was like, I mean, I was pretty young, so I was still impatient. So I just picked it up and I started thumbing through it and it said, earn your doctorate in metaphysics. And I didn't even know what metaphysics was. And, I just had like a moment of truth where I got the full chills, like I have it right now, where I got the full chills in my body and said, you need to do this. And so that's how I got into it. That's cool. Yeah. How old were you then? I was 23. So young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you said that because the chill thing, because I do get that sometimes too. And I take that as like a, a confirmation that what I thought at that moment is a direction I should go in. Absolutely. So you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't know how to follow their intuition. No, they don't. And they they don't even know what it is. And then if they kind of get an inkling, they don't trust it. And I think that they've, um, for the most part, I'm not going to say my entire life because I've made some choices that (laughs) brought me down a path I shouldn't have gone. But I think for the most part, I'm very strong with trusting my intuition and being uh, connected to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about being in school to be, to learn about metaphysics. Like, what is that like? What do they teach you and how long does that take? Uh, it took me, well, I had to, you know, get the bachelor's and the master's and it was all correspondence courses. Okay. So I could go at my own pace, but it took me about five years. So I learned a lot of theory, but it introduced me to a lot of different kinds of uh, modalities like learning about the chakras, um, learning about kinesiology and uh, color therapy. So again, it was theory, but it opened me up to a lot of different things that I could study. The real transformation and the real thing where I learned my stuff was all experiential when I got in touch with people that helped me with my own healing because they were my mentors. And I said, when I, I remember I was doing breath work and I came out of a session and the first thing I said, I said, I need to learn how to do this. He says, I know I need to teach you. So it was, that's where I got all my experience was ironically through my own healing. Okay. Yeah. And what, what other types of modalities then do you learn or did you learn? Um, yeah. you know, it's funny because the way I work I don't use any of those modalities. Part of the reason is because it doesn't really stick in my mind because I'm so in the moment and so present with people that I just do what comes through. So it's not even any modalities that I use with people. Right. And I remember I was talking to the shaman and uh, I said, well, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I supposed to know what to do? And she says, you'll know in that moment. So it was a complete letting go and learning how to be completely present with the people that I'm with. And the the way that the energy works, it's like I can see things. So uh, I'll have visions or I'll have images and then I'll tell this person, does this make sense to you? Like, for example, I uh, was walking with somebody and right off the bat, I could see an anchor in her uh, sacral chakra, which is her second chakra. And I said to her, I said, I've seen an anchor there. And she goes, oh, no, I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So so we just moved on. And she told me a few months later, she says, you know that session that we had about the anchor? And I said, yes. She goes, well, I was on a boat 
with somebody and I was stuck there and some things happened on the boat that were traumatic. I just wasn't ready to deal with it then. So it's like, that's how I work. Like I connect with the other person's soul, soul essence or higher self. And they show me images of questions or images so I can ask questions Mm -hmm. uh, so people can um, open up. Uh Mm -hmm. Okay. Very neat. Yeah. And then more energy will come through and I'll say, oh, well, I'm seeing some light come down into your head and this is opening up your cells. So it's like, I don't do it. Um, I just hold the space for it to happen and then I convey what I see to the other person. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and you said that you you work with different energies or different groups. So explain those if you can. Okay, so there's a, a Palladian energy, which is like a group of souls that uh, live or not live, but exist on another plane. And then there's the Syrian energy, with a group of souls that live on a different plane, and they're here. They're present around all of us and they're bringing light and awareness into our consciousness because they're trying to help shift the world into a higher vibration of being because the third dimensional world right now, it's, you know, a lot of stuff's going on. So what they're doing is they're bringing in light, raising the vibration to help people wake up their consciousness so they too can see past the illusion of what we're in. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as like me seeing them or having a close relationship with them, it's not that defined. Uh, it's just like a collective consciousness that I stream energy, like I channel their energy and their wisdom. So you know that you just know that they work with you and when yes. you're doing your sessions that they come in. Yes. And the the only reason why I know that Uh is because I had readings from several different people and they all said the same thing. You work with the Palladian energy, you work with the Syrian energy. And so like, it's, it's just really interesting because I don't know a lot of those details. And I think the reason why is because in knowing all those details, it would muddle up my brain and my ego would get involved and it would take away from the direct connection that I have mm-hmm. with just allowing the energy to flow through. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then how would you describe um, your higher self to somebody? Hmm. How would I describe your higher self? Um, I would say that the higher self is the soul essence of you. It is where your intuition resides, and uh, it's the it's kind of like your true north. So your higher self is connected to your intuition, and that's how how it responds to you. It's how it guides you. So you could say higher self is kind of uh, the same as your soul, your soul essence. You know, because we're more than just our body. You know, because, you know, when, when our body dies, uh, they, they can't account for like three quarters of an ounce. They don't know where it goes. And that's, that's your soul essence. So that's what I would say your higher self is, is your soul essence that guides you to what you need to do here on this planet. And would you go into further detail about following your intuition? It's interesting. I was just writing an article on this. Um, following your intuition, sometimes it can be a matter of life and death, you know, and, you know, we were talking earlier, like people don't even know what it is or how to recognize it. And part of the ways that you can recognize your intuition are the chills that you get. Sometimes it's that gut feeling where you have like a gut feeling and you know, you shouldn't do something. Uh, sometimes it's just a thought that comes into your head, oh, I should go here. Or, yeah, I should go to that networking group because I know I'm going to meet somebody. You know, it's listening to that small inner voice within. And the the tough thing about intuition is it's not loud. You know, our ego is loud, but our intuition is not. So uh, to strengthen the connection that you have with your intuition, it would be really beneficial to be quiet 
every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know, actually not every once in a while, every day, Mm -hmm. you know, to connect in. I meditate um, 20 minutes every day in the morning Mm -hmm. and I just go into a quiet space and I meditate and that helps me strengthen uh, the connection. But also when you receive those messages to start to follow it, because a lot of people hear it, but they don't follow it. A, because they don't know what it is, or B, because they don't trust themselves, or they don't trust the intuition. So if when you get these chills, or the gut reaction, or these little ideas, to start to follow it, and when you do that, that starts to strengthen like the intuition muscle, and then you start to gain more confidence in the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And with meditation, I know a lot of people want to meditate, but have a hard time meditating. But it could be as simple as just even taking a minute and trying to clear your thoughts and not think about things, correct? Well, and that's the tough thing. I think mm-hmm. that's where people get frustrated because it's really hard to quiet your mind. Like I don't sit there for 20 minutes and don't think about anything. That would I don't do that. I think there's monks that might do that that live up on top of the mountain. Um, I did learn how to meditate when I was seven. My dad took us to the TM movement, the Transcendental Meditation. And so what they did for, for all of us, we received what they call a mantra. So it's a certain word that you repeat over and over and over again. So when you focus on like one word, that takes the, the uh, mind chatter mm-hmm. away. So that's one way you can do it. But it could be simple as going out in nature without your phone, without music, without anything, and just walking in your own silence. Um, or it could be yoga, you know, it's anything that doesn't involve any outside noise, no music, nothing going on in the back of the TV, you know, the TV sounds. Um, but I think people get frustrated because they think that their mind should be blank when they meditate. And that's so not the case. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just uh, trying to quiet Trying mm-hmm. to quiet so you so you can be more open. Yeah, you know, spending time with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe when you have your morning coffee, go sit on the the deck or the patio and just enjoy your coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, and they say that's where a lot of people get their uh, ideas are in the shower mm-hmm. because well, water is really a conduit for energy, so that's one reason where you can get downloads of information. But it clears away all of the chatter, all the energetic chatter and the mind chatter. And that's why a lot of people get their ideas in the shower Yeah, because they're quiet. I like that. I I feel like, um, or just when, for me, like sometimes when I'm just washing dishes, you know, or driving, you know, I feel like that kind of quiets you Mm -hmm. down. And then, or like early morning, like when you're kind of not fully awake. Like I'm, for my podcast, I got the name like that because mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a name for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in those, the brief quiet moments. Mm-hmm. And the the thing is the intuition, it's not loud. Yeah. yeah. I like that you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you to explain the ego because I guess we don't really, I mean, for me, my understanding is that's like your, your the thinking process and where you're comparing and contrasting everything, mm-hmm. but it, but it can like too much thinking can lead to so many negative things. Right. Right. And I mean the way the thought process, I mean, it's natural, but the thought like a negative thought process doesn't help. Right. You know? And I feel like that, that you can denote to the ego, but I would like you to explain it. Cause it's not like I, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you asked that because, you know, in psychology, they talk about the id, the superego, and the ego. And uh, the ego's job in the metaphysical realm is to keep us safe. Okay. So when we grow up, things happen to us and we form certain belief structures to keep us safe. And these are the patterns that we continue on through life. So when we get older... And let's say we want to go and 
start a podcast or we want to go do energy work or whatever it is. We want to get ourselves out there. The ego comes in and says, no, 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 don't do that. That's not safe. And I think the ego gets a bad rap because, oh, my ego, you know, it keeps sabotaging me, blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. The ego is put here to keep us safe. So it's kind of like a benchmark for us when we do go beyond our boundaries to see what is going on within us. So if we have a fear, that's definitely from the ego, but you can kind of look at the fear and say, you know, is this rational? Is this true? And then you can start to work with the ego. You know, I, I tell my clients, you know, let's have a conversation with your ego and thank the ego for keeping you safe because that's its job. So when you have any kind of situation that threatens your safety, that's when that mind chatter comes in, right? So you just ask, okay, ego, thank you for keeping me safe. I know that I'm going to be all right, so let's work together. And that's how you can shift through a lot of things, and people really don't really realize that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what, um, because I definitely feel like there's a lot of, information now open to people about love of self mm -hmm. and so I'd love for you to talk on that a little bit like learning to love ourselves and appreciate ourselves and because I feel like that is the answer to helping us love other people absolutely yeah because you know if you don't care for yourself or love yourself you can't do that for other people uh you can't love other people and you really can't accept it from other people either because you don't see it. Um, yeah, that's so important to do self-care. And I think uh, for me, what I would like to say today about self-love is to live your life on your terms. You know, so many of us live our lives for other people. We make our choices because other people want us to or we don't want to upset other people. And at the end of the day, when we put our head on the pillow, you know, whose life are we living? And I think from my own experience with self-love, it was having the courage for me to live my life for me, you know, to live the life that I was meant to live. Because when you do that, when you start making choices for yourself to bring you joy and happiness, it's an act of love. And when you start to live life on your terms, you become happier, you become more joyous, you're not as burdened, you're not as angry, and you're more apt to doing things that bring you joy. So, you know, you know what, I'm going to go to the spa today, or I'm going to go out for a walk. And um, it's just so important to cultivate that within ourselves. In, in the sessions, um, everybody has, what I found is that everybody has the belief that they're not lovable or they're not enough. So what we do in the sessions, I help people release that and we bring in that frequency of self-love. And you can do it in your morning meditation where you just, you're, you're quietly sitting there and you just set the intention. I want to bring in a higher frequency of self-love and just see light coming down into your body. And that will help fill you up and help shift the uh, frequency of not loving yourself, to loving yourself, to joy, to happiness. Nice. Mm -hmm. And also you talk about setting the intention. So can you explain that? Setting the intention, it's um, it's about having a focus, you know, because so many of us, we go through life and letting life happen to us. So when I say set an intention, ask for what you want. You know, it's kind of like going to uh, a restaurant, and you look at the menu and you say, I want the chicken. But there's like 800 different types of chicken. And the waiter's like, well, what kind of chicken do you want? And it's like, well, I don't know. Just give me chicken. You know, he's like, okay. So he goes and he brings you chicken. It's like, well, I don't want that chicken. You know, and it keeps coming back and back. But you, if you don't know what you want, mm -hmm. you can't receive it. Mm -hmm. So setting an intention is clear. I want the chicken cordon bleu. Okay, so then he goes and he gets it and he brings it back. Perfect, exactly what you want. So you set the intention, I want to learn how to live my, to love myself more. And when you put that belief, that thought, that vibration up to the universe, it brings it back to you. 
So that's, that's why we set intentions mm-hmm. is to be clear on what it is we want and to claim what it is we want from the universe. And it can be as simple as when you wake up in the morning that I want to have a, a fantastic day. Yes. It is you say that because when you say I want to, it's different than I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because the wanting energy kind of puts it out there and it doesn't really uh, demonstrate that you feel that you're responsible for your life. So if you say, well, I want to have a good day, universe, so, you know, make things happen for me, you know, that's not really, you know, okay. that's not taking responsibility. Yeah. But if you wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to bring the energy of love. I'm going to bring enthusiasm. I'm going to bring authenticity. And I'm going to expect miracles and great things to happen. That's an intention. So if you fill yourself up with that energy, then the universe mirrors back to you. And if you do that enough times, day after day after day, it becomes a habit and then it becomes your essence. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I would also say the same thing could be said about setting the intentions or thinking the highest of everyone around you. Because I feel like when you think the highest of, say, even your spouse, I mean, Mm -hmm. or your child or just, you know, the people that you're going to interact with, if you think the highest of them, I feel like you bring out the highest of them. Absolutely. So if you set your intention to uh, move forward in life with the highest and best intention for all involved, and that way it will all work out Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, we don't want to step on people, you know, as we rise to the top, that's not what we're here for. I don't know, some people maybe, but it's not what I'm here for. So I always ask for the highest and best intention of all involved because I have a family, I have a husband and what actions I do, especially getting out into the world, it's going to, you know, affect them as well. But I am really connected with the universe, knowing that I am on my path that I need to be on. And I know that it's the highest and best of all involved because it just is. Mm -hmm. It just is. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, can you maybe go into more detail about DNA? Okay. Um, As far as like the DNA strands, you know, we're all familiar with that. Um, And, you know, doctors realize that, um, cancer is in your DNA. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. But what they don't realize is that all of these physical things that get transformed down into your DNA, it all starts with a thought. So that's why, you know, cancer runs in certain families because they all share the same thought that would bring about the cancer. So what I do with the DNA is we get to that thought that creates, let's say, the cancer. And we shift that thought because thoughts and beliefs, that's energy as well. And it, it has a weight, it has matter. So when we go into shifting the DNA, it's, it's an energetic thing that we do. That's as far as I can go with that one. Yeah, (laughs) I can put my thoughts around it. So, um, but definitely like your thoughts, your words, and your actions are, what affects everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what information would you like to share about people with their thoughts? They're more powerful than you believe, than you really think they are. And um, it's hard sometimes to keep your thoughts clear when you have so many going through your head. And people think that they're living their life on a conscious level but they're really not. They're living their life on a subconscious level. So for instance, you say, well, I'm going to have a good day um, or I'm going to, let's go back. So we'll say, I want to be in a good relationship. Okay. So you're consciously, you want love, you want a relationship, but subconsciously something might've happened when you were younger that costed you uh, the belief that you don't deserve a good relationship may be because the relationship you have with your mom or dad. And so you've had this belief that you don't deserve love or you don't deserve a healthy relationship because that's what you grew up with. So those are the subconscious beliefs that are running your program. Um, and that's why, you know, 
when you say, well, I, I've forgiven that person, you can't really forgive a person by saying, I've forgiven you just like that. It doesn't work that way. There has to be um, some self-exploration. There has to be the honoring of what happened to you when you were younger. You have to honor the feelings and the emotions, the anger, the, the fear and everything that you have experienced. And when you do that, it unlocks all of this energy. So when you release that anger, that fear, that sadness through crying, through screaming, whatever it is, then it can help shift that belief. And then you can start living your life on a conscious level where your subconscious beliefs meet your conscious beliefs. So, uh, but it does start with thinking positive. Absolutely. Because if you're running your program, uh, over and over again of things that aren't positive, that's what you're going to have in your life. And it takes time. It takes time to shift your beliefs. It's like strengthening a muscle. You know, you can't go to the gym one time and expect, and expect sure. your body to, you know, be physically fit. You have to work at it. And it's the same with uh, thinking positive and thinking good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if someone was to work with you, that you would help them by, like you said, it's like a process of, like going back and and working through the feelings, I guess, in the past. Uh, in, in a way, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a couple ways that when I work with people, uh, you don't have to relive the experience. You really don't. It's as simple as we'll be walking and someone will say, well, this happened to me. Uh, like they were attacked or something like that. And they have these emotions and these feelings. And I just ask, are you ready to let that go? And if they say yes, then we bring the energy to help lessen and loosen up that energy and those beliefs and those feelings that you're holding in your body. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one session can, it can totally completely shift the direction of your life. I like to work with people about six times, especially if they have like a specific thing they want to work through, like uh, relationships or getting on their career path or a health issue, because the six times that I work with them, it builds on top of another. And then you can really see the shift that you've had in such a short time. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're working with people, a lot of it is just a conversation, but there's like healing happening that people just aren't aware of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, and it, I always ask, you know, the people that I work with, like, how far do you want me to go with this? Uh, or I, I try and get a gauge of what their awareness is and what they're comfortable with. So for some, we could just be having a conversation uh, around the park and they wouldn't know anything that's happening and they would still get the same results. For some people, oh, yeah, you know, I believe in angels and energy. I'm totally into it. So I would tell them everything that I see. And bring in all of that other stuff that, you know, the other person would be like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. I just want you to, I just want to get rid of this, you yes. know? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone who's more open to spiritual and the metaphysical or the alternative. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, is that you don't have to believe it. You don't mm-hmm. even have to be open to it. All you need is like a willingness to, to shift your life. You know, and it still happens like nothing can happen without your consent. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, if you're attracted to the work that I do, but you don't know why, that's your intuition. That's your soul nudging you saying you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How would you tell people to deal with fear? So glad you asked (laughs) that. Yeah, because there's a lot of fear going on, right? Um you know, it'd be silly to say, well, just think other thoughts, you know, because sometimes we really get, we get the physical sensation of the anxiety. And sometimes we get in a place where we can barely breathe because we are so fearful. So this is something that anybody can do at any time of the day. If you just kind of take a few moments and you recognize what you're feeling, where it is in your body, and you just ask, what am I afraid of? And you bring that to mind and you breathe in, breathe in the breath, maybe imagine some light coming in, into your body and then exhaling the fear. So what I do, because I work with angels, 
I ask the angel essence to come into my body when I breathe in, when I breathe light in, but you don't have to use that. All you can do is set the intention that you would like love to replace the fear. So you just breathe in and you imagine light coming in and just pushing the fear out. And you do that. It's, it's going to take more than one or two times, you know, maybe a few minutes, maybe fit, well, however long it takes. But if you stick with that, that can help shift your emotional state and your energetic state. So you're not vibrating from that, that sense of fear. Mm-hmm. But it is healthy and good that you face your fears. Absolutely. It's like kind of like, as like a breakthrough. Yeah. 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 Because if you don't face your fears, you end up you know, not living an expressed life, you end up uh, continuing to do the same destructive patterns over and over again. And when you face your fear and you get through it, it gives you a sense of empowerment. And you realize it's like, oh, I can do anything. And it just, it propels you forward. You know, there's, there's different kinds of fear. Fear that keeps you safe, you know, on the primal level. But then there's like the cognitive fear. That's what we talked about, the ego. And anytime that that fear comes up, the ego's job is to keep you safe. But if you talk to your ego and you set the intention to work beyond your fear, then you can take little baby steps to move forward. So, you know, I know for me, I lived my life in fear for many years, many years. And I just got to the point where I was dying inside. You know, if we allow our fears to control us or to run our lives, like what what kind of life is that? right? It's not expressed. It's not joyous. It's not fulfilling. It's not loving. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. Uh, do you think there's anything to, you would like to talk about that we didn't touch on? Um, you know, just basically what, what I would like people to know is that you have infinite wisdom and you are more powerful than you realize. And you know, we all come down here for a reason, and that's to fulfill a purpose. You know, whether that purpose is to become a public speaker or to play music or to be a mom, to be the most loving person you can be. We all have a purpose, and that is to express who and what we are. And the way we can do that is to begin to live our lives on our terms and not live our life for other people or in fear of other people liking us or not loving us or you know, criticizing us, you know, um, march to the beat of your own drum and be who you are, because the more that you allow yourself to shine and to be who you are, the more you're going to love yourself, the more light you're going to shine onto the world. And it's going to help lift the vibration of this planet. Thank you. And I'm trying to think like when, when we go through life, Every day, like when you encounter things that I try to do, so I, you can probably touch on this, is like when something frustrates me, I remember I need to like let that go and I try and uh, change the way I'm feeling, like change so I'm not in that like negative thinking. Like, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, you're working, you have maybe you have someone doing work for you and you're super unhappy with the way they did the work. And because I just dealt with that over the past year and I God, there was like, I would just go to sleep and just ruminate on it and be mm-hmm. so upset about it. Mm-hmm. And, and then so trying to get through that, I was like, finally, I just need to not let that happen. But another way I went about it was I started to think, send them blessings and try and think of the best for them. And and that kind of helped let it go. And mm-hmm. But it was, like, so long of, like, ru- I hate that. When, like, you <laughs> ruminate and you're frustrated and you want it, you want, like, a resolution, but it's not happening. Right. Yeah. So what what would you say? Like, how do people deal with those kind of things? Oh, I love that you brought that up. Uh, because when something frustrating happens or we're angry about something and we try to think our way out of it, it doesn't work. Uh, we have to feel our emotions and we have to honor and recognize our emotions. So let's say you got frustrated and instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to try and let this go, (laughs) you know, because you can't let it go because the energy is still there. But if you said in that moment, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. This really makes me angry. And you recognized, 
I feel so angry right now and I love myself. You know, because I think a lot of us, I know for me, I it was not good for me to feel anger because if I threw a fit or whatever, I was punished. So I learned from a very young age that it's not safe for me to feel angry. And I think a lot of us feel that way. But if you, in that moment, if you can just take that time, it's like, ah, I feel angry and I love myself and you breathe through it. Or if, you know, sometimes, okay, this is what I do. If I'm feeling really angry about something and I need to dissipate that energy and I can't get to the gym and run it out or I can't go swim or whatever and I'm at home, I'll go up to my room and I have this uh, this stick <laughs> and uh, it's about three feet long and I tell my girls, I said, you know what, this isn't about you. I'm going through <laughs> something and I'm going to go express my anger and I go inside my room and I shut all the doors and windows and I take that three foot stick and I start hitting the bed and I start screaming and yelling and just getting that anger out and, you know, maybe saying a few words or having a conversation with whoever I'm angry at. And I do it to the point where I just kind of collapse and then the tears flow. And then I just allow myself to just move through that. And then when I'm done, it's gone because I've honored it for one. I've allowed myself to feel those emotions and I've processed them through. So when that's over, I'm back to where I was. Not when I was angry, but I'm back to my original state of being in the moment, of accepting in the moment and being joyful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. Yeah, I have heard that and I don't do that. Okay, so that's really good to to deal with uh, what you're feeling. Yes. Focus in on it and let and let it flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that came up. So we talked. I've heard about like letting life flow around you or flow through you, or not letting things bother you. So can you talk about that kind of stuff? So it's funny. Don't. I'm not going to let it bother me. So (laughs) I'm not not going to let it bother me. And then it's like keeps happening. It's like like this thing is like nudging you. Like you have a thorn in your foot. I'm not going to let it bother me. You know. But once again, it's about recognizing why does this bother me? Mm -hmm. Why is this person irritating me? You know. And and it's about bringing the focus inside because when things are outside that are bothering us. And we think that they're the cause. There is uh, no room for shifting that. We feel like a victim. Oh, this person's bugging the crap out of me. And we feel like a victim. But if you come from a place of why is this person bugging me? And you get in touch with that reason, then you can work through it. and You can shift it. And that person's not going to change. But you have. Your response to it has changed. And that's where the empowerment is. So... It's easy to blame everybody and everything else for your life because then you don't have to take responsibility. But when we do that, we're a victim. So it's about bringing your awareness in and just just being self-aware. You know, how many people, how many of us walk around just not being conscious of anything that just kind of go through the motions and are numb, that are numb to life, numb, they don't feel happiness and they don't feel sadness. They're just kind of in this like, range of emotion that's just numb yeah and you know I was there I was there and that wasn't I was dying inside I couldn't I didn't want to live my life that way anymore so it's about not being afraid of your emotions uh learning how to manage your emotions and honoring them and just realizing that it's just a thought there's a thought that's creating that emotion. So if you can get to that thought and figure out what the thought is that's creating that emotion, then you can shift it. So instead of saying, oh, I'm not going to let it bother me, you get to the point, okay, why is this bothering me? And then you can begin to unravel it and let that go. Yeah. I was going to say, of course, like if you're dealing with a person that drives you crazy every day, it's, it is hard. Like, I'm still not to that point because I have Uh someone like that that I deal with. Yeah, so I sometimes I will, like, set the intention, like, this is going to be a good day. They're not going to drive me crazy today. Um, But, yeah, it's you who has to change. It's Mm -hmm. you who has to not react. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in that mode. But I guess that would be something that if I worked with you, I would could release 
some of that. Mm-hmm. And then I could deal with things easier or not let them bother me as much kind of thing. Well, the thing is, is that situations and people that irritate us the most, they're in our lives for a reason. They're here to show us something. There's something we need to learn. So, um, like if you and I work together, you would, you know, say whatever you need to say about this person. And then we would go in and say, okay, what does this say about you? What is the belief that you have? And then I would say, are you ready to let that go? And you would say, yes, I am. And then we would bring a belief in that would help shift that. So you don't have to work so hard at not letting it bother you. Um, you don't have to say, I'm when you wake up in the morning. Oh, and that was another thing. I want to go back to that. Like, I'm not going to let this bother me. Um, you don't have to do that because that trigger is gone. You have learned that lesson. You have become self-aware. So you can move on from that. And it, it literally becomes a non-issue. So you don't have to expend any more energy on this person. So when that happens, let's say you and I did a, a session and we worked on that. One of two things would happen. Either that person would go out of your life and you would find a person to replace whatever they're doing, whether it's work or whatever, or they would have the opportunity to rise up in the vibration and they would shift as well. And then you would continue on the path in a harmonious way. So, cause when we begin to ascend on this path of a higher vibration, people are going to fall out of our lives because they can't be in that space. It's too irritating for them and they have the choice to rise up with you. So, you know, that's, I've seen that happen. That's why, you know, people, they get out of relationships that are unhealthy uh, and they find relationships that are in her harmonious, you know, and it's just about, they, you know, uh, quit their job and they find a better one or their marriage. If they're not willing to get out of their marriage, and their souls are working together, the relationship shifts between them and things become better. It has no choice not to. It has to do that. So that's what I'm saying. If you bring in the focus to yourself, you have all the empowerment you need to shift your life. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I did want to say about when you're setting an intention, the universe uh, doesn't hear the word no or not. So when you say, I'm not going to let this bother me, the universe hears, I'm going to let this bother me, right? So we don't want to use any kind of negative uh, word in our intention. So I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to be uplifted. I'm going to respond with love, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Very. Yeah. Because we were talking about words and how important words are. And thoughts, and that is a very important one. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't don't understand that, mm-hmm. or they think, "Well, I don't want this in my life." But they're they're thinking about what they don't want, but that's what they're thinking about. So that's what they continue they to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Beautiful. I like to ask, what what do you feel humanity needs to work on to make our world a better place? Loving ourselves. That starts with love. It starts. It starts from. Yeah. Starts from within. Mm-hmm. It's not about going out and preaching and saying you should do this and you should do that. And it's not about criticizing and finding things that are wrong with the world. It's about learning to love yourself and to live the best life you can from within, because that will emanate out. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. Okay. Good, good, good. So if people want to get a hold of you, how do they look you up? Uh, I have a website. It's Dr. Lara Romero. It's D-R-L-A-R-A Romero, R-O-M-E-R-O.com. And I have a YouTube channel, which is Dr. Lara Romero. I'm on Facebook, Dr. Lara Romero, uh, Instagram. So basically you just type in Dr. Lara Romero and a lot of things will come up. That's how we can get a hold of you. And you've written a book too, correct? Yes. Yes. It's called A Journey Towards Freedom. And it's about uh, my life growing up, what I've had to face, and what I did to get through it. So there's a lot of uh, words of wisdom uh, throughout that book that can help people move forward. So, And the other thing I wanted to say, too, is that with um, the energy that comes through me, as I talk, it harmonizes people's energy. 
because it's an expression. And that also happens within writing and it happens with music. So what I realized is that this book that I've written, you'll get like a shift on an energetic level and you won't even realize it. Like you can have like instantaneous healings on a, on a physical level because that energy is in those words. So it's pretty cool. You know, I, it's, um, it's, it's a short little book, probably about 90 pages, but it, you know, it talks about, um, how I was able to manifest a trip to Australia, talks about how I was able to forgive my dad, uh, talks about, uh, how I dealt with alcoholism and, um, just moving forward. And it also talks about how I got into, uh, the metaphysical world and doing the work that I do. Is it, is it a book that's downloaded? Like, or is it a hard? It's a hardcover book. Uh-huh. You can get on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Lara Romero, A Journey Towards Freedom. So make sure you put Dr. Lara Romero on there because there's like six books that's, <laughs> that says a journey. Yeah, that say Journey Towards Freedom. Um, yeah. Okay. And since you talked about manifesting, my goodness, we have like birds talking everywhere right now. But since you <laughs> talked about manifesting, can you can you share more on that? More about manifesting. Gosh, there's so much <laughs> about that. Uh, just some basic things about manifesting, uh, be clear on what you want and realize that your subconscious mind is what rules your world. So if you want to manifest more abundance, but you unconsciously don't think that you deserve abundance, it's going to be really hard for you to manifest abundance, right? So be clear on what it is you want and take steps on a physical plane every single day to get you there. And once you get clear on what you want, let it go. You don't have to keep, well, you know, looking over and over and over again, seeing if it's going to happen. Because, you know, when you plant a seed, you don't go dig it up and look at it. Well, are you, you know, are you growing? <laughs> you know, you let it happen. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I would say about man. So progress on what you want. Like, don't just expect it to jump in your lap. Like, you still have to work on it. Sure you do. Yes. But yes, yes. but once you put uh, the plan out there, trust that it it can happen. Yes. So if you have a plan, um, if you want to manifest stuff, I'll just use me an example. So I wanted to manifest me fulfilling my purpose. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I set the intention that I want to do whatever it is I need to do here on this planet. And I'm willing... Very important. I'm willing to work through whatever fear I have in order to do that. So when I set that intention, every morning I ask, what can I do today that brings me closer to my purpose? Mm. And then I listen to my intuition and then I follow the guidance just about like how I met you. Uh, you know, the women's group came into my experience, you know, uh, Rose texted me and I haven't talked to her for months, but it just kind of showed up. It's like, oh, I need to go to that. I don't know why I need to go to that, but I need to go to that. So I trusted that. And it's taking that daily action to bring it to fruition. Yeah, as simple as a thought or as simple as just someone linking you up with somebody else or as simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be so simple. Like you said, it's a very quiet uh, guidance. Yes. I guess I would say. And yeah, and following. And what about when people, when you say you ask a question, you could do that kind of questioning to the universe, like, uh, should I do this? And maybe follow like a feeling or, or like the first answer that comes to your head. Is that like a way of doing it too or not? Um, I don't know if I would, instead of asking the universe, should I do this? I ask what's in my highest and what's in the highest and best good of all involved. And if, is this a good idea for me to do this? And if I don't have clarity, if I don't know, I just say, I need more information. I I need to be a hundred percent clear because I'm not clear on it. So if you don't know exactly what to do, you keep asking. Um, another way is to journal, you know, before you go to bed, you write the question. If you have a question, uh, what is my purpose or what do I need to do tomorrow? You just write that down and then you go to bed. And then when you wake up, if you have something that, you know, transpires in your dream or you have the thoughts, you start journaling in the morning and you'll get your answers. Mm-hmm. Every, you have the answers within you. It's just slowing down and taking that time to listen and to trust it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
I want to thank all of you, One Interview, One World listeners. I appreciate that you have found my podcast and that you enjoy listening, and it means so much to me. If you do enjoy it, it would be great if you would go ahead and leave a wonderful review for me, like on iTunes or wherever else. You can leave a a nice review or a nice comment. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I'm working on growing my audience and share and let other people know. My motivation always is to enlighten people, help people to understand each other and make our world community more understanding and kind to each other. I I think the more that we get to learn from each other, it helps all of us realize that we are one community. If you would like to be interviewed or you know somebody who would like to be interviewed, feel free to contact me at laney at oneinterviewoneworld.com. And it's spelled L-A-N-I-E. Thank you so much.